Having then heard the assurance of God of the forgiveness of our sins, let's now open the Word of God. And our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 John chapter 4. First John 4, the last time that we celebrated the Lord's Supper, we focused on verses 7 through 12. Uh, this, this morning we'll focus on verses 13 through 21, but we'll read that entire section. First uh, John 4, verses 7 through 21. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So far, our scripture reading for this morning. As we reflect on what we've read, let's sing together from Psalm 91, stanzas 1, 2, and 5. As mentioned, the text that we want to focus on is 1 John 4, the verses 13 through 21. In this case, you would be very much helped by having your Bibles open. Uh, the, the letter of John, as I trust you've already come to recognize, is quite dense. Uh, there, there are uh, deep thoughts that are scrunched very, very close together, uh, very close uh, ties of, of logic and argument, and, and you want to be able to see those in each verse in order to grasp the whole of, of what John is saying. Well, brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we come now to the, the second part of, of this section of 1 John 4. Uh, the, last, or the, the earlier part we looked at several uh, months ago when we last celebrated the Lord's Supper. Uh, and I want to give a quick review of that section in order to properly understand where we're going in, in today's uh, section. Uh, so, in the last part, the, the big idea in verses 7 through 12 was that the Christian life is fundamentally characterized by knowing 
and living out the love of God. That's what the Christian life is. You, you come to know the love of God and you live it out. Uh, so uh, he spends, uh, verse, verse uh, 7 and 8, uh, first gives us a, a sort of test by, do you really know the love of God? If you do, it will show in how you love your brothers and sisters. Uh, that's, that's verses 7 through 8. Uh, verse 8 is even quite strong in the way he words it. Anyone who does not love that is, does not love his brothers and sisters, does not know God, because God is love. If you say, well, I'm I'm more of a theology guy than a love guy, uh, sorry, Uh, John says God is love. Uh, Love is is a fundamental characteristic of God. You don't get to uh, ignore that or pass that one over. Uh, then, then in verses 9 to 10, uh, which is the heart of that passage, he, he gives us a very strong encouragement. Uh, he says, if you want to know the love of God, if you read verses 7 through 8 and you say, I don't know whether I really know the love of God because I don't know that I show it the way I ought to. Well, verses 9 and 10 tell us, here's where you can go to see the love of God that you may come to know it. Uh, So, verse 9, he says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. Again, verse 10, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Uh, So, if we're convicted by by verses 7-8, through and we say, I don't know whether I really know the love of God the way I thought I did, Uh, Verse 9 and 10 say, well, if you don't think you know the love of God well enough, spend some time at the cross. Look at the the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. There you see the love of God made manifest. Uh, And then verses 11 and 12 come back to the application. If you then now know the love of God, then go love one another. Let what you see in the cross overflow into your, into your relationship with your brothers and sisters here in the church. Uh, he says, no one's ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. You see God's love, the same love that sent Christ to the cross. You can see it living within you as you love your brothers and sisters in the same way. Uh, so, so that was verses 7 through 12. Our text this morning picks up on that train of thought. Uh, and, and here the Apostle John is really working for our encouragement. Uh, there's some conviction that was given in those previous verses. Now he really wants to encourage us. Uh, so uh, my encouragement to you uh, at the opening of this sermon is uh, read this. For your encouragement, read it in order to be encouraged in the love of God. Uh, First, he says in verse 13, by this, uh, and we want to ask, what's he mean by this? Uh, And he's referring back to what he just said, loving one another. By loving one another, by this, we... uh, uh, we, we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He's given us of His Spirit. He says, if you're loving one another, you may know that God abides in you. And you, you abide with God. How can you tell? Because you see His Spirit at work in you. The Spirit that compels you to love your brothers and sisters. Uh, by this we know that we abide in Him because He's given us of His Spirit. Uh, so this is... A, a reason he gives you that you may be confident 
that Christ is with you and even in you. How can you know? Because you see His Spirit at work through you. He gives a second reason also to be, to be confident that Christ is with you. Uh, that's in verse 14 uh, and 15. It says, In addition to this, we've seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. Uh, in other words, so, so now we have two reasons for, for being convinced that God is with us. Number one, we see His Spirit at work in us by loving one another. Number two, we see the conviction of faith that the Spirit produces in us. Uh, that's in verses 14 and 15. If you know and you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that too is a good reason to be confident that Christ is with you and Christ is in you. You not only love like He does, but you believe in Him as, with a faith that can only come from Him. Uh, so here in, in verses uh, 13 to 15, we've got two reasons to be confident that Christ is with us and in us. Verse 16 then, then builds upon this. And I'm, I'm building a bit of a chain, and I'll, I'll review it as we come along, because he, he makes an application uh, a few verses from now. Uh, so verse 16 then stands on that ground. I know that God loves me. How do I know that? Because I see His love at work in me, and because I have the faith that He's given to me. Uh, so I know that God loves me. So verse 16, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Uh, by, by seeing His love at work in us, and, his, and, and the faith He's produced in us, we know He loves us. Once you know that, that then leads to, to a totally new way of life. Uh, and that's the second half of, of verse 16. Uh, once you know the love that God has for you, you may say, God is love, and whoever abides in love then abides in God. Uh, if you know the love God has for you, live in that love. Live out of that love. Stand upon that love. Make that the foundation by which you live the Christian life. And, and all you have to do is live in it. You don't have to earn God's love. You don't have to fight for God's love. You get to stand upon God's love and just live it out. You abide in the love of God. Uh, that's, that's verse 16. Uh, it, it means you, you make the love of God your constant resting place, the place you always go back to and always remember to live out of. Uh, as you do that... It produces within you a transformation of character. Here's the next link in the chain. So let, let's review. Uh, you see the love of God at work in you, and you see the faith that God has placed in you, and, and you know from that, God loves me. Standing upon that ground, you say, I will now live out of the love of God. As you do that, he says in, the, uh, in, the, in verse 17, as you do that, the love of God will be perfected. Or uh, another translation would be matured in you. There's a transformation of character that comes from the experience of living out the love of God constantly on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, so verse 17, by this is love perfected with us. Our, our character changes. Uh, you're, you're changed by the love of God as you live it out. 
Uh, that's, that's the next chain uh, here in, in the argument. Uh, and, and the last one is, is the one I want to spend the most time with. That's in the second part of verse 17. So you understand the, the logic. As I mature, as I'm changed by the love of God, what happens in the second part of verse 17? He says, By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. All right, what does he mean by that? In, in what sense are we uh, like God? Uh, well, what he's saying is, uh, as you are changed by the love of God, you start to look more and more like God. And you start to realize the same love that God has, I also have. And that gives you confidence that God is truly with you. Uh, that, that gives you that assurance of God's love and God's uh, election, that God has chosen you, uh, such that it casts out all fear of judgment. You know, young Christians or immature Christians uh, live with a certain level of fear. Fear of, of judgment day. Fear of hell. Does God really love me? Uh, will God cast me into hell? Will God really uh, forgive me? There's, there's a certain fear that lives within us. What John is saying is, as you stand upon the love of God and live it out, you are yourself, your character, so changed by the love of God, so matured by the love of God that you can come to a point where you say, I'm not afraid of judgment day because I know as God is, so also am I. As God loves, so also I love. As I know His love, so I also see His love at work within me. Uh, And that, notwithstanding many weaknesses, many imperfections, uh, yet I may know God is changing me and has already changed me to such a degree that my life can be described as something that is beautiful to Him. And therefore... I have no reason to be afraid of the day of judgment. My life has changed. My life is beautiful in the eyes of God. It's even something, again, notwithstanding my my weaknesses, imperfections, and sins, uh, my life can become something that is delightful to the eyes of God. Something that truly reflects His own character. Uh, Something that that reflects who God is. Uh, This casts out all links in the chain together to make sure we, we follow the, the argument he's making. So as you ponder the love of God in Christ, in verse, uh, verses 9 and 10 in the first section, as you look at Christ on the cross, you see God's love there. You see it objectively shown. Uh, when you see the love of God, it produces a gratitude and a love for one another. You, you love your brothers and sisters. That's verses 11 and 12. Uh, as that happens, you start to recognize the same love that sent Christ to the cross also lives here within me. That's verses 13. Uh, we start to recognize, I am abiding in Him and He in me because I see His love flowing through me. Uh, in addition to that, verses 14 and 15, I see the conviction of faith that He has given me. As, that, uh, as those two things come together, I grow in my assurance that God truly loves me. I grow in my confidence that His love that, that sent Christ to the cross is 
for me uh, because I see him at work in my own life. Uh, As that happens, I then start standing upon that ground, knowing that God loves me and living out of that love. That produces a maturity within me and that maturity uh, ultimately changes my very character. I become a new person such that any fear of hell, any fear of judgment that once used to be part of who I was, even as a Christian, that once used to really drive and, and, and dominate and shape me, that fear is gradually cast out because I'm living in God's love. The love of God is made perfect in me and the fear of judgment is cast out. Perfect or perfected love, matured love, casts out all fear. A life of love lived in response to God's love is a life that is fearless. A life that's no longer afraid of Judgment Day because you already know exactly what will happen on Judgment Day because, you, because you've come to know the love of God. Uh, this, this same phenomenon is, is beautifully captured by the Canons of Dort uh, in, its, in its treatment of the doctrine of election. And I want to uh, summarize by quoting uh, the way that the Canons of Dort express it. Uh, they, the, it says this, The awareness and assurance of this election, which is another way of saying the awareness and assurance of God's love. That's what God's election is. It's his love for you, his choice of you. The awareness and assurance of this election provide the children of God with greater reason for daily humbling themselves before God, for adoring the depths of his mercies, for cleansing themselves, and for fervently loving him in in turn who first so greatly loved them. The more you come to know the love of God, the more you stand upon that love, and the more you live out of that love. And it's a radically different life than the sort of life that is driven by fear. Uh, So now, brothers and sisters, as we come to the table of the Lord, uh, where, where Christ, again, assures us of his love, where you see verses 9 and 10 again put on display. Uh, God sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Uh, what John would say to us here is, come to the table confidently. Come because there's every reason to believe that God truly loves you. Uh, come reassured because here at the table you see the love of God in Christ, uh, which is the starting point in the Christian life. Uh, come here to see uh, the, the love that you, will, uh, that, that you hope eventually to stand upon and to make, uh, to make your whole life all about. Uh, receive the promise of God's grace that's given to you here at this table. Uh, uh, where, where Jesus says, this is my body which is for you Receive those words because they're life-changing words. Uh, And as you receive those words of grace, let them sink deep within you. Let them truly change you. Uh, Let the images of Christ's body and blood in in the bread and the wine uh, impress upon you uh, truly and deeply the love that he has for you. Not just for your brothers and sisters, but for you who partake of this sacrament. Uh, He means what he says when he says, This is my body which is for you. Uh, 
Uh, be assured of his love and let that assurance transform your life. Don't do it the other way around, saying, once my life has changed, then I'll be confident. But rather, be confident in his love, and your life will change, and your confidence will then only grow. Let the words of Christ then give you peace. Let them fill you with gratitude. Let them compel you to love, and and, and then let them take over you. Let them define who you are. Uh, And as that happens, the assurance of God's love will only ever grow. It will only become greater and greater and more defining in your life. Uh, As we do all this, the promise from the Apostle John is, uh, by, by living in God's love, letting it grow, letting it rule us, all fear is more and more cast out. It disappears because we start to recognize as God is in heaven, so are we here on earth. Amen. Uh, Let's sing in response to God's word from hymn 73, stanza 4.